Mr. Kill Vasa. You said you wanted to bend. Yeah. <laughs> and here you are bitching and crying because your eggs are runny in it. Can you get a runny egg in, in, in your part of the world? Hey, just about anywhere. <laughs> can't, get him, can't get him here. You he haven't been able to get him here in 20 years, man. It's pitiful. What have they done to our food supply, Mr. Kilbasa? Poison and exports. I want U.S. pork on U.S. soil. I don't mean to be a nationalist in such a, in, with such a fervor, Mr. Kilbasa. But damn it, if 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 my bacon. Now I, we spoke about bacon, right? Yeah. Wait, if I want my four dollar pound, five dollar pound of bacon co to cost nine dollars and fifty cents, I am not going to be happy. If I want my ham salad, Mister Kilbasa, fuck you. I want my ham salad. I don't want it for. I don't want. You know, you bought that ham loaf for a dollar ninety nine a pound. I remember it because I was impressed. Yep. You what? Damn, you're going to tell me that same ham salad is going to cost seven dollars a pound. I might just start eating beef. Can you imagine? That's like crazy. <laughs> you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You stumbled into the bathroom. You dropped your toothbrush in the toilet. You were out of shaving cream. The razor. It's dull and it cuts you. And somehow you ended up. Sausage Huts. You ended up in the Sausage Hut, everybody. And that's not all. When you walk downstairs to get your cup of coffee, you realize that you had company. And the only company you need to have on a night like this is Mishy. Mishy's in the sausage hut. Mr. What's going Mr. on, Coach? I can tell you this. I can tell you this, my friend. I love you. I love you sincerely. But I dropped my toothbrush in the toilet. And, you know, I didn't bother shaving because I knew the razor was uh, not ready to go. So I'm halfway there, and it's dinner time, and the price of pork has gone up. And... I don't know. You want to vent for a little bit here, Mr. Kilbasa? I want to vent. I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to raise two middle fingers up to everybody. Do you know everybody. what we call that? Uh, do you know what we call that in this part of the world, Mr. Kilbasa? What's that? The bird. The flying bird. Double. And when, you put, and when you put the two of them up, it's a flock of birds. Oh, is it? I've never heard that. Well, we made it up ourselves, you see. This the is the nature of... Flock of birds of, uh, for everybody. <laughs> flock of birds for all y'all. And we say it with feeling. And um, in this part of the world, you know, flipping someone a bird, uh, I guess in some parts of the world is uh, fighting words for some odd reason. Where I'm from, it's kind of like saying hello. It's I don't a, get it. Yeah, it's almost like a salute. Because you know sometimes you deserve that bird. And like, okay. Oh, no. You cut somebody no, off in it. traffic, they give you the bird, and you're like, yeah, I, I, I no, deserve no, that bird. I'm, I, mean, I mean to tell you, I'm watching a guy work. I come around the corner just today. You know, we have a thing, man. I'll look at him and smile, and I'll flip him a bird. Yeah. And uh, I will, and I will, uh, <laughs> I walk past, I walked past him today, and uh, we'll call him Sookie. So I walked past Sookie today, and I said to him, this is, this is very true, American. I hope you take heart to this. I, and because, 
I walked past the man today and I looked at him and said, have I told you lately? Fuck you. And then I kept on walking. And uh, we laughed because it is where I'm from. Again, it's just we're not taking it so damn seriously. Like, uh, you might as well be making out with them when you're talking to it like that. Like, hey, no, fuck no, you, no, no. We have a laugh. I'll tell you what. We work pretty hard and we have a laugh and we move on. It's part of a day. It's, it's you know, I'm in the metropolitan northeast, man. If you can't say fuck you to someone, then what, what are you going to say? Hello? No, fuck you. If you can't say fuck you to somebody up there, there's something wrong with you. You know, if you if you if you take all these things so um, critically to heart, you might want to look. One might want to look in the mirror to decide is it them or is it me, because the person in the mirror is the one with the real problem. You know what I'm talking about, Mr. Kilbox? I do. And I meet so many people who will not look in the mirror and say, you know, I'm the real problem here. You know. You want to get active, you want to get involved, or you want to be like hypercritical because you have issues. And I believe what we see out of the majority of knuckleheads, our constituents, our fellow modern Americans, is a boatload of people with issues. And I'm getting a little tired of these people with issues not looking in the mirror and saying, hey, I can solve my own problem. But wasn't just so full of myself. What do you think about that? I off? think pride is the is a poison upon us. Pride, well, old men and pride. pride. See pride. See false pride. See what can what is there to be prideful of? In a sense, you have a job, you have an education, you pay your taxes, you played in the military, you play fantasy football with us. What? What do you pride? I have a family. Yeah, they that ain't playing fantasy active. football with us, bro. They couldn't well, you know, handle it, it playing is, fantasy football with us. No, we uh, we bring out the uh, mortars, and that's just for warm-ups. And uh, the idea is that pride can deceive you, you see. And again, it's not a true look in the mirror. It's more like what you have to do to build yourself up to get through a day. And if you have to do that, hey, you know, I got my nice suit on, man. I must be pretty cool. I got a nice face. I got a Rolex. Hey, I got a Rolex. That's not something to be prideful of. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A lot of people have Rolexes. They make a boatload of them. You know, personally, I don't wear a watch. I, uh, I know what time it is. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you, Mr. Boss? I don't wear a watch either. I quit wearing a watch, uh, I don't know, when I was in sixth grade, I think. Or... I never needed to wear one because I know what time it is. And yours truly <laughs> is... And yours, that's what I said the first time. I'm glad you got that. Um, yours truly is never late, ever. And because I don't need to be reminded of what time it is. I'm alive. Thank you. I don't know. If I was going to run for president, I was going to, I would say something like this, Mr. Cabasso. Are you ready? Let me just step on my soapbox here and run for president. Dialing it up at the sausage hut. Johnny Cabasso with you here. Yeah. Let's see what we got here. Music. <laughs> you don't, you don't have that six string strap around your shoulder right now. We got the Sausage Hut 100 theme. That's very presidential. That's very presidential. Tell me, tell me, tell me, uh, give me that point in the finger so I know when it's time to make my presidential uh, plea the first time out. All right, I'll start it over. 
<laughs> I wish Mishy can't hear the music that I'm laying in perfectly from the other side. See, because I can't figure that out, or I need to spend more money on my on a new gear. Yeah, mixing board. See, if you didn't buy that Rolex, you would have you know enough money to do that. Shit, all I can afford is a Polex, man. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Now on the Salsa Talk News Network. Democracy. Action. And now, here's Michigan. America, I'm here to tell you that the taxes are too damn high and we're all getting screwed. We have a plan in place to lower the taxes and improve services for the young or the old, for the roads, for the schools. For the rivers that need to be clean, because let's face it, we don't want our rivers polluting our food supply any more than it already has. We want pork, we want chicken, we want beef, we want food for everyone. My name is Michi, and when I am elected president, we will lower taxes to where our lives are more fun, are more affordable, are in a position to share the good things that are available while we minimize the bad things we are going to lower taxes we're having more money in our pocket more sausage more bacon more chicken nuggets if you want chicken nuggets vote for michigan and oh by the way america you can uh we can call ourselves americans it's okay vote michigan number one in your hearts number 13 on your ballot thank you very much Thank you very much, Mr. Kilbasa. That was a mission moment. I'm going to run the question. How cool, Mr. Kilbasa, if we all pulled a Pat Paul and one of us, our friends, decides to, like, pony up the cash and, and money to get the signatures, and one of us is on the ballot for president. Am I old enough to be president, Mr. Kilbasa? Do you have to be a certain age? I'm pretty sure you're old enough to be anything you want to, Michigan. Well, you know, thank you. And I appreciate that too, but Ladies and gentlemen, that was Michi. Democracy. In action. (laughs) You know, America, I can't get the pointed cues from the uh from the interns and I apologize for the the staggering of the whole thing, but uh you know, through the magic of editing. The magic of editing. No, through the magic of laying down a tune underneath it all, it all slides right on down like a Chinese pork sandwich. (laughs) Hey, did you hear about the Chinese and pork? Have you been... You're the king of all things uh, sausage and the magic of pork. Uh, They've got a... uh, What do you call it? Uh, A drought. A pork drought. They have have, uh, the swine... Uh, virus and I wouldn't know the word swine unless I watched like the Beatles a hard day's night like 99 times you're a swine Lennon you're a swine and they were talking John Lennon of course and uh, because he was having a little too much fun and being kind of mischievous through the whole thing oh yeah I'm from Liverpool I'm a swine you swine Lennon but they have a swine epidemic swine flu epidemic in China and their uh, rivers are completely polluted. The country probably looks like Pittsburgh. A country of 1.3 billion looks like Pittsburgh circa 1965. 
ugly or New Jersey in 2019, but it's uh, it's uh, it's thoroughly polluted and swine flu is throughout the whole country and they're killing of course because you have there's a word for when you knock off the diseased animal i don't know the word because you know we rarely have that here allegedly but they are uh you know culling is the word they're culling their crop and they have been buying american pork and our pork prices are going up because their place is totally polluted i'll tell you what like I said, I want my bacon at a certain price. I don't want to spend... If I wanted $10 bacon, I could buy $10 bacon. That's not the issue. But as we all know, America, there are three ways to buy bacon. You buy the cheap stuff at the bottom. You buy, you see the big stuff at the top. But truthfully, you purchase the stuff that's in the middle. Four, five, six bucks. Depends where you live. Seven dollars. I don't know. What's the cost of a good pound of bacon in your... Uh, $2.39. $2.39? Buy two. That's a nice bacon, uh, bacon, lettuce, bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich there, Mister Kilbasa. Yeah, hold the hold the tomato, double bacon, add cheese, slaw to go. Slaw, homemade slaw. Perfect. Homemade slaw, the hoe down the street made slaw, El Chapo slaw. <laughs> this is slaw country, man. Everybody's got the slaw. Is that like oh, that? Is man. it like that? And I know we've talked about this before, but what's the slaw density like where you're at? Because where I'm at, you can get slaw anywhere you want. And I gave up French fries a long time ago, man. I mean, I still eat them every once in a while, but I just avoid them and eat slaw. Give me some slaw, baby. Hey, you see, let's talk about cabbage. Because coleslaw comes from cabbage. And cabbage is one of nature's great foods, man. You can eat as much cabbage as you want. You know, there are people in the next room who might know that you've been eating cabbage, but that's too damn bad. And um, it's more- a great way to um, wake up just with boomers. You're just boomers. booming them from underneath the sheets. <laughs> I mean, just deep, girthy cabbage farts. Wet, but not too wet. Just wet enough. I am. Um- I must be healthy in terms of my constitution, Mr. Kilbasa, because if, 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 what did you call them? The chigabooms? What did you call them? The booms? What? The, the, what did you call that morning explosion? It says whatever you just said. Oh, the, the boomers. You got the boomers. Yeah, the boomers, not the kabooms. But uh, no, those boomers, man, if I have boomers like that, man, I have to go to the bathroom. Please. Right, dude. I mean, that, I, I was, I was, I mean, I ate my way through a cabbage patch one night, nice. and I woke up nice. the next day, and that's where my famous um, butt fruit <laughs> comes from. <laughs> so right now I'm ripping huge farts. And so I, it was, I, I woke up one morning, and this was just like unlike any other more like it was just like sustained like after like six of them i mean just great i felt good just shaking the earth i was like i gotta record this so i that's fantastic it's the ringer you have that available for us it's right the ringer i'm ripping them all over the place right now i've got the, the two of them. i made a whole song about these farts they're so legendary <laughs> It's the ringer on my phone, and I was talking to the nurses. <laughs> I got whenever I get a text message, just like, it's like <laughs> I have, uh, I have a pretty large uh, collection, and I've, I've went out of my way in the past to find them MP3s when they were available. 
And I, I have, uh, aside from uh, variations on Edgar Allan Poe, I have many, 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 many tracks of flatulence and such. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, that was and popular with you and your friends, too? That's funny. I would, um, you know, back in the day, you know, you would, you know, share cassettes. That was pretty popular for a long time. Yep. Dude, and do you still you have those? Put, Are they anywhere? Um, yeah, I still have a couple. Um, <laughs> oh, dude, and, we got to get those on the hut. Get the releases uh, signed. Oh, yeah. Maybe something from, like, the early days with, uh, you know, Billy Idol before anybody ever knew Billy Idol. Oh, that'd be good. I got a I'm couple sure. of them from about uh, the summer after sixth grade. I remember a buddy of mine. I had a, boom, <laughs> I had a double, double-decker boom box with the two cassette tapes, and I took it out to my buddy's place, and we were – farting up a storm and just like put it on record and pause until one of us had to fart and then and then it was just like i think that might still exist somewhere i don't know i have uh i have been to america this is the truth uh the truth moment here on the sauce chat and i'm gonna ask each of you because i yapped a little while ago about looking in the mirror okay the mirror i'm gonna ask everyone listening to this to look in the mirror think about themselves and everyone that they may know or want consider, you know, consider them for a minute. But Mr. Kilbasa, I have been in places where farts, flatulence, gas, uh, passing wind, uh, uh, and a number of other phrases that escape me right now were contests. <laughs> and uh, this one instance, we were up in the mountains, and it was snowy, and it was winter, and for whatever reason, you know, we had the key distance contest, and that was good. And uh, then all of a sudden it was it was time to start farting, and my man Bo let out the biggest, loudest. All right, we have a winner, fart, or so we thought, and we were dying laughing until the smell hit us. And he looked, just looked, passed me the bottle. We passed him the bottle. He took a drink. He said, "I just shit myself," and. I think we all fell down in the snow and just couldn't couldn't stop laughing for a long time. So, America, the question is this. Are you ever passing gas and shit yourself at the same time? Truth, no lie. Mr. Tabasa, I ask you first. Has it ever happened to you or someone you know while you've been around? You've been passing gas, you've been winding the whole thing, and you look and you hear... Oh my god, I think I just shit myself. Oh my god, I just shit myself. And we all start laughing even louder. Does that happen to you? And then sometimes you're in a fart contest and it's just worth it. And you're just like, okay, this is where I win this. And I don't care if I shit my pants. And you just like, oh, raise your hand, America. Raise your hand. And if you think this is gross, let us know. Please. It seems like uh, I've, we've been approaching some topics that people don't particularly care for. What do you think, Mr. Kobasa? You think we're being controversial or we just have a little rant going Controversial. Here? Don't self-edit, Mishy. Just let it rip, man. We'll let we'll let uh, the devil sort it out. <laughs> oh, you see? You see? You see? I think this was just uh, maybe, maybe taking a glance. I apologize if it looked like self-editing. And maybe it was, but maybe we were looking at more for the next uh, deep cliff to jump over and or the next stupid mountain to climb. Mr. Kilbasa, let me ask you something. Do you watch the news at all or you just don't bother? Tell me the truth. 
I, I, Tell me the what truth. do you mean? Every I get news from somewhere, yeah. Okay. You've heard about what's going on um, over there in Mount Everest, I guess in Nepal. Uh, no, Rupal, I haven't. Or whatever the hell it's called. Have you, have you uh, heard anything about that? No. All right. So there have been, uh, I believe, 13 or 14 deaths of climbers trying to get to the top of Mount Everest. Okay? And it's, it's, it's record setting. There are two who died in the last four days. So I happened to see an image, a still image of it. And these guys are climbing the highest peak in the world where there's barely any oxygen, right, up there. And they're climbing it like a pack train. Everyone is stuck behind an, each other. And it's not effective climbing at those heights. And it costs $30,000. I think it's thirty three five for a permit, seasonal permit, to climb Mount Everest. And uh, as many times as you cool. want, or just once? No, one time, and uh, thirty thousand. I think it's thirty-three-five, and that is probably. I think, from what I understand, they, I don't know how many thousand people Nepal took their money from, but that is, I guess, how that country makes their money. Is that Sherpa See, included? No, nah, no, because I'll tell you what: if you put your arm out, there is another knucklehead who could be forty-five pounds overweight and never climbed the mountain, but has thirty-three thousand dollars to say, "I want to get a Rolex and climb up Mount Everest." Who's going like a quarter minute a mile and basically slowing everyone down? And the, it is a train. It, the picture I saw climbing to the top. You can stick your arms out, and there'll be another individual in front of you. It's it. It must be like uh, uh, being in Rockefeller Center on, you know, on a holiday, trying to get on an escalator. Just a mile of people, and um, so those knuckleheads, people are dying trying to climb Mount Everest because inexperienced people can afford to climb up a mountain for, say it. Say it. Why? For pride. <laughs> and uh, and to say they did. And um, it's, it's a travesty. It's a travesty. I've never climbed a mountain like that. Have you ever done any mountain climbing, Mr. Kobasa? You look like that kind of guy who could do that SWAT stuff and repel up a glacial sheet. You know, my, you one of those guys? my lineage is from uh, the mountains, so I was, like, built to, to walk uphill. Not you very are fast. Built a little like a... Like a goat, perhaps? Yeah, like about? a fucking goat, man. <laughs> Sausage-eating goat. Sausage-eating goat farting so-and-so all over them Rocky Mountains. Not the Rocky Mountains out west, but no, the, the Alps, Mountains. man. <laughs> With the nope. Pyrenees. <laughs> so that's in France, is it not? It's, it's France and Spain and Italy, man. It depends on what side of... Uh, Depends on what side they decided to hop on over and settle down in. But you know what? I try to stay the hell off of mountains, but I, I like looking at them from a distance, but I don't need them and like other people need them. No, I have some friends who swear. I um, I enjoy uh, going up to the mountains. I'm not a skier. I'm not, uh, you know, basically I'm tired of being cold. And to do those super cold outdoor sports doesn't appeal to me, but you know, I'll go up in the mountains in the summertime when it's you know, and here in metropolitan New York, it's about 100 degrees with 90% humidity. 
man, I'll, I'll just go take a two hour drive and be, you know, the high temperature be 83 and sunny and beautiful. I can go for that. Mishy, let me ask you a question. Sure. At the highest part of those mountains, wherever you were, how, you yes. know, when the highest point that you, you were, like how, yes. what percentage of Mount Everest were you at? Uh, one quarter. Okay. Yeah. Could, could you feel the air thinning? No, no. Not, I not could up. smell the air was cleaner. Mm -hmm. But did I distinguish anything? Like my lungs were squeezing because of the uh, the pressure and the oxygen um, lack of. No, no, never, okay. never experienced that. We have uh, we have a friend. We call him the flying savant, <laughs> and he goes to some of those nine, ten thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, nine, ten thousand miles up. Um, places to to work and photograph maybe reflect and do his thing maybe fart up there for all i know and just laugh but he tells he tells the story that you can really feel start to um, um like a like a vice on your chest at about seven thousand miles uh seven thousand miles up uh -huh. seven thousand feet up excuse me <laughs> seven thousand miles yeah, seven thousand miles. Yeah, I have you know, I'm not sure, but it sounds like a '60s psychedelic drug song. And uh, anyway, but I'm to understand that it does start to you know get squeezed your your lungs and your blood does different things. And I have a friend who likes to um, jump out of helicopters and go to the top of mountains over there in Vancouver and such and ski down these virgin trails. He too has a Rolex, but I don't think he does it for pride. And he just enjoys the sport of it all. And I asked him, what, you know, what kind of elevation are you at? You know, 10,000 feet. And, and I said, how do your lungs feel? He says, like, I got to get out of there fast. <laughs> wow. It hurts. It can hurt. And, uh, you know, you goat people, you people who enjoy them mountaintops or are acclimatized to it for 100 years, 300 years, however long your family was there. You know, that's all well and good, but uh, I, no, to answer your question, no. Mm. What do you think about that? So, Mishy, let me ask you a question. Sure. You are in a mountain fantasy league, and you're draft picking. All right. And you know that there's many mountains, but the one thing you got to know is Mount Everest. Ungoddamn defeated. Ungoddamn defeated every time, Mishy. You uh, you know what I understand about these people uh, trying to hump up their Mount Everest who aren't qualified. Like they're walking their... uptown. Oh, like they're walking dude. four city blocks. They think they can do that. They do a couple push-ups and then all of a sudden, I'm gonna climb Mount Everest. I got thirty grand. The, the um, I'm to understand that with the change in the climate and the change in the weather. Um, you know, the bodies that were buried in the snow all become, are all starting to come out. Oh. You imagine, you imagine humping up Mount Everest, and I'm going to look up how tall Mount Everest is. Now I'm going to look up Mount Everest deaths in 2019. Nepal says Everest rules might change after track, traffic jams and death. Traffic nice. jams. Yeah, here's a nice one. Everest makes you feel superhuman, but the mountain has other plans. You're going to die, dick lover. You're going to die. <laughs> you need to get some.
Uh, Mount I'll, Everest death toll rises to 11 amid overcrowding concerns. So traffic jams climbing Mount Everest. And I would imagine no one is able to do that. Let's see. It was first climbed. I'm supposed to remember the guy's name. Who was the guy? Sir Edmund Hillary. It was. It was. Or was uh, he Antarctica? No, he well, it was. It was Mr. Hillary. Edmund Percival Hillary. Born 1919. How about that? Except there was 400,000 Indian dudes that climbed it before that, and they don't get credit. Oh, and, and three times on Sunday, because that's where they hid the stash from their wives. <laughs> In uh, 1953, he was the first guy. And here we are, smart people with all the wealth and intelligence they possibly can be, and there's a log jam now to climb this that was only first climbed, you know, 60 years ago. Crazy. Now, here's the magic question. Are you ready? This is, this is in the form of a quiz. Wow. Holy crap. Mount Everest is... Let's see. We talked about the uh, flying one going up 10,000 feet. Did you know? I'm not even going to ask the question. That 10,000 feet is one-third. Virtually one-third the height of Mount Everest. Mount Everest is 29,000 feet. K2 is at 28 thousand feet holy crap no wonder why people are dying it's on the border of nepal and china i wonder if the pigs make it up there or is or is that, that can't be so polluted up there them goats man they're goats the goats can make it up yeah yeah <laughs> the goats hey, want to go up there isn't there a popular singer with a lot of money and a rolex named mandy moore or is she an actress um didn't you make like pop music like 15 years ago? And maybe, then I needed to be. Maybe, yeah. yeah. So here's a nice little photo of Mandy Moore celebrating reaching Mount Everest Base Camp from eight hours ago. Mandy, you're part of the problem. What the hell is she doing up there? She's being prideful, Mr. Kilfasa. She's being prideful and showing off. She could certainly give $33,500 plus airfare. To a, a very worthwhile charity like Save the Save the Dolphins or something, Save the Kielbasa, whatever that fund is you got. I don't know what fund. What is your favorite charity? Save the Kielbasa. What is it? It's save my ass. That's what it is. Yeah. Save my ass. Save... Uh, it's a three hundred one C or whatever that. Yeah. Save the sausage hut. We need more sausage. So yeah. So that's what's going on in the world. People are being selfish. People are being knuckleheads and. Uh, not good enough what do you think yeah and that's why i like to say fuck everybody man uh, now you sound like you're from new jersey a flock of birds a flock, yes. of, birds, everybody. A flock of birds sharing a flock of birds i believe the sea town beat down um way back in the day is when he coined that phrase he was flipping a bird he was uh -huh. flipping me a bird and i said dude and i put two of them up and he said, what is that, a flock of seagulls? Because evidently they were popular. And I said, no, nah, man, it's a flock of birds. And he said, word. And I said, word up. And we've been doing it ever since. Word up. And it shall be known <laughs> from that day forth. Yes, that farts are funny. And it's a flock of birds. And it's. I, I'll tell you what, man. Have you ever really been in a room with someone really just non-whoopee cushion, whoopee cushion the whole thing? And 
Do you do you like keep it in or do you just bust out laughing? What's your personal <laughs> preference here, Mr. Kilbasa? Oh, I laugh. I laugh. <laughs> keep it in. <laughs> it's not good to suppress uh negative, I guess, nor positive emotions. Like it's not healthy. It's you not wait, healthy. Wait for the right moment in like a punchline and all of a sudden you just Oh, with the timing of a, a timing of uh, Buddy Hackett, just let it fly. <laughs> 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 Therefore, America, when you're at your next million dollar meeting and you have a little flatulence, don't take gas X, lighten up the environment in the room and let it fly. <laughs> you're human. They're human. Don't look like it doesn't happen to them. Yeah, Mishy, you need to control yourself, Mishy. I said, well, eventually you're going to shit yourself. What do you want to do? You want to let out little begurglers or you want to shit yourself, shit shit yourself, rented lips, or do you want to shit yourself once and for all? You don't want to shit yourself. You got to let out the begurglers. You know what begurglers are in the fart uh, terminology there, Mr. Kielbasa? Yeah, they're one, usually if you're sitting on a soft couch, you're gurgling it in. Yeah, we used to call them. <laughs> there was a hamburglar, so we used to call them burglars. I'm gonna barf, <laughs> but I'm gonna laugh at the same time. <laughs> Speaking of laughing at the same time, have them uh, them crispy nuggets come back since uh, the internet took over and Wendy said they were gonna bring them back? Do you know anything? Any update on that? <laughs> Tune in on the Fast Food Review, the Mark Aram Show, everybody, to find out next week. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. My friends in Oslo are also looking forward to that. I spoke to a couple of them. Oslo, New Jersey? No, Oslo, Norway. It's Red Hook, New York, and Oslo, Norway. What up, Oslo? Let's get Oslo They love Mr. Kielbasa. Mr. Kielbasa, Red Hook, New York, which is Brooklyn, and Oslo, Norway. Every time I get an update on the sausage hut, I send it to them. If I'm on there or not, America, I suggest you do the same thing with your friends. Send a link, please. Send a at link. Mishy 108. At Mishy 108. I think the Instagram has nothing on there. On Twitter. What is your uh, love fest in terms of communication, Mr. Kobasa? The Sausage Hut podcast, everybody. That's right, everybody. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so my, the girls I know, the women I know. Um, oh, oh, Mishy, did you know that I'm yes. gonna be opening a barbecue joint in Oslo, and I'm gonna call it Oslo and Low. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Sausage Hut, everybody. Here with the commissioner of all things. Of all things. The commissioner all of things. all things. Commissioning. All. Often imitated, never duplicated. Thank you very much. <laughs> yep. Love that line. For all you that punks line. that think you know, talk that you can talk about fantasy football. <laughs> and that's all you do is talk about fantasy football. Yeah, well, you know what we do? We talk about everything and we talk about fantasy football better than you do. And we also talk uh, about everything else better than you do. So eat that and smile eat the, and rip eat a that fart. And smile. And listen, you have a lot of room for that uh that fatty crow to flatulence on the on on the on the airplane. Do you know it's thirty seven thousand miles to Oslo, Norway from my house? Right? <laughs> 
Thirty-seven thousand. Wow, that's like halfway to the moon. I, I, if I said that, I misspoke. Three thousand seven hundred. I apologize. Someone hit the edit button or not? If you wanted to fly, it'll take you about twelve hours. Um, seven hours and twenty minutes on a nonstop for a little more than a thousand dollars. And I can uh, I can say that I'm ready to book my trip. So let's just say I can get on an airplane and eight hours later, I'd be, you know, eating Viking food and enjoying reindeer and, 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 and women who don't look like they're from New Jersey. OK. And they're cross country the skiers. Thing, uh, you know, athletes are athletes and they're all wonderful. You know, cross country skiers, man, they have those. Wonderful. They got legs that will just crush you. Crush you. Uh, all I'll say again is wonderful. And uh, that's the way I want to go crushed. And our other uh, big fan base that, you know, that I, again, we were talking about the sausage hut and all those places that I share live, live show in Oslo, Michi. Oh, let me tell you what, let me tell you what, man, we'll put on some of that Norwegian death metal too. And we'll just like, go at it. Oh my God. No, we, we, uh, we'll have the standard stage show with the, uh, me and you looking at each other, talking fantasy football, a couch, a couple computers, and that Japanese blow-up doll. Um, they're not blow-up dolls. They're anatomically correct robots. Sex toys, <laughs> if you would. Um, the Japanese uh, anatomically correct sex toy robot will be keeping time. And after 75 minutes, show's over. She'll stand up, do a spin, and show's over. Anyway, what I mean to tell you, that if I wanted to walk to Red Hook from my house... I can be in Oslo, Norway faster than it is to walk uh, 20, 27 miles to get to Red Hook. It's 27 miles to Red Hook, Tennessee. Uh, bam, 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 bam. And my old dirty shoes got holes in the soles and I'm going to walk to Red Hook. Oh. I'm going to walk to Red Hook. 29 hours so we can be Oof. having viking food and reindeer and talking to women who don't look like they're from new jersey or we could still be uh walking to red hook is what i mean to tell you now <laughs> <laughs> or or i can get in the car and it is still take an hour and 30 minutes to get there Jeez. and it is 20 about 22 miles crazy crazy stuff but that's where my friends um get to hear this wonderful program the sausage hut america what i'm telling you is share with your friends that's all send the link if they don't have it say hello to mr kielbasa or myself and i guess that's the end of the propaganda what else is on the radar there mr kielbasa oslo and slow barbecue opening up 2020 next year keep an eye out for it oslo johnny kielbasa is going to come over there do some cross-country skiing and make all sorts of american pork barbecue no tariffs reindeer barbecue on good old coleslaw that's a lean meat that's a lean meat you're gonna have to wet it up a lot yeah that's why they have that uh what do they call that stuff jerky the name of it again no, no, no. They call it uh, honey mustard sauce. That's what they call it. <laughs> the honey mustard, honey mustard. 
what the honey mustard's for, brother. It's, it's the most it's versatile. Con- the it's the most versatile condiment on earth. Yeah, how do you spell that one? Not oh. versatile condiment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Mister Kibasa. I just made myself laugh at a stupid <laughs> joke. <laughs> speaking of fan, never speaking- apologize in the sausage hut. Well, it, it's a very soft apology, if you must know, and it was just really uh, my mistake, really, because I'd rather talk about one thing that's near and dear to our hearts right here, right now. May I, Mr. Kilbasa? You may. Hashtag America's team. <laughs> Hashtag Cleveland Browns. That's right, everybody. The team of 2020 set up for a big... Big letdown comes October 15th, but. What is this? We're teed up. We're teed up for destruction. What is this? We just got a brand new. 2019. 2019, young man. You're a year ahead of yourself. What did I say? 2020? Yeah, brother. I think you you were, you know, either drinking the mezcal or looking at the Cristal ball. Mm. I'm not sure which one you were looking at there. Mezcal sounds good right now. I don't have any Oof. tequila, though. Mas tequila. I don't think I have any tequila. I have some. You want some? I have some. What do you have? I don't know. Let's mosey on over to the refrigerator. I keep my tequila in the refrigerator, Mr. Kilbasa. Where I keep my vodka as well. America, a little note to sell. Do not put vodka in the freezer. The wrong move. <laughs> My vo- all my vodka's in the freezer. <laughs> it doesn't pull up. Uh oh. Sorry. Did I call you a dummy? Yes, I did. Dummy. Why, why is that, Mishy? Um, because you want your vodka chilled, and I believe the freezer temperature is actually too low, and it begins to break down the goodness that is vodka. Huh. So you really want it in your refrigerator, and when you want to miss super chill it, you shake it over ice. Or you can do like my scientist friends do and get this custom like crystal bowl that you fill with ice and have like a dozen shot shooters that look a little bit like test tubes, but they have like this little round base so you can get a good amount of uh, uh, delicious vodka in there. Mm -hmm. And you set them around this bowl filled with ice. And when you just want to grab some, you grab some. It's fabulous. Fucking great way to drink vodka. It's just there. Good. Enjoy it. Smooth. Done. Oh, nice and well, super well chill, but it does not really does not belong in the freezer. And if you drink a nice vodka at it with a good chill on it, man, it is, you know, it's it's not water, but it's damn good. I have uh, the Patron Silver, Mr. Kilbasa. Uh-huh. A quality yet affordable. Eh, you know, I drink so irregularly, so, you know, might as well have it. What, do you stand on your head and drink or something like that? No, I'm not much. Uh, this may come as a surprise to America. I'm not much of a drinker. I uh, miss you fall down, go boom. <laughs> you know, but I've been the, known. But when he does, I, the vodka flows like the Acker Selva. No, I the can Anchor have. The River you know, in Oslo. You know, if I'm in the right place, I can have 10, 12, 15 drinks all day. You know, it doesn't matter. You're not a but, you're not a freaking uh, amateur. You know what you're doing. Yes, in it, indeed. But I just there's um, I think um, alcohol and drinking and stuff should be a, a very social thing. And uh, when I'm around folks and we enjoy beverages, we'll enjoy beverages. But and when I'm on, you know, it's let's call it a school night. Okay. Yeah. It's a school night, and uh, 
I just don't come home and crack a case of wine open because I finished the last one over the weekend. I just don't do it. It's not my style. America, look in the mirror. Do you have a Rolex? And did you drink a bottle of wine already today before you listened to this program or last night? If you did, stand <laughs> up and give a flock of birds with us in the sauce. flock of birds to me and say, fuck you, douchebag. I enjoy it. Thank you very much. We had a nice discussion earlier today on the radio. People were talking between uh, the difference between a boss being a douche, a dick, or someone who can get rolled over. Uh-huh. And uh, I was thinking to myself, what kind of bosses have I worked for in the past? Currently, I'm kind of in that uh, dick mode as for uh, uh, being a boss, because sometimes you got to be mean, but you got to get it done. And I was just curious, Mr. Cabasa. I know before the $25 million windfall came your way, you know, back when you maybe were in high school or college, you had a, like a real job and stuff. Were your bosses dicks, douches, or did you roll all over them? What's your experience? Um, I... Some, you know, the I guess the only ones I didn't like were the dirt bags. Yeah, there's another D word. I didn't add the dirt bags to it, but they would be more douches, would they not? Um, we, yeah, we... yeah, douchey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, douche. Those are the ones you don't like. Dirt but bags, most of the people yeah. I've ever worked for were pretty cool, actually. Ah, good for you. Yeah. See, America has changed in some measure. I have yet to, I, have, I don't know, maybe I haven't embraced my nice side. America, what do you think? If I'm, am I nice tonight or am I not nice tonight? Mr. Kibasa. We're America all a little rough, dude. Nice I'm, I'm a little rough around the edges tonight, Mishy. That's why, that's why I called you. I said, let's go. I know. Tell me, what is, if you had to have your Mount Everest of what the hell is irking Mr. Kibasa? Yeah. What would you say, sir? What would you say? Let it out. Dr. Mishy is here to listen. I got two for five. Uh, creamy natural jiff at the dollar store yeah and i'm gonna have to warn you if you see two for five natural creamy jiff um at the dollar store watch yourself because i got one of those things open and i i've stuck my spoon in it and, and the gray it, matter started oozing out. Yeah, it was like a it was like a natural peanut butter. Where I was like, well, you're not supposed to have to stir this stuff. It was all gooey, and it was just like, what the hell happened to this? And then I was like, oh, I got it at the dollar store because I went into the dollar store to pick up something else, but I ended up getting some mayonnaise and two things of peanut butter because I just walked right past them. <laughs> I uh, they have food at the dollar store where you are. See, they got everything you could possibly want. You know, there's a there's a chunk of uh, the population that's all that they only shop at the dollar store. They get everything they possibly want there. There's a uh, f- there there was and probably still is like this Twitter phenomenon called Florida Man. Yeah, you know, you you type in Florida Man, right, you, or Florida Woman, and you, you know, the latest, uh, you know, human folly if, is a nice way to put it, maybe, but. You know, I believe every one of those Florida man stories starts with a trip to the dollar store, brother. It's like, the, oh, uh, they got 15 packs of Keystone Light ice. Don't mind if I do. Don't mind. Talk about flatulence with your friends. You know, <laughs> I have a friend, uh, one of the kindest uh, individuals I've ever met. 
and no one can one of the top two kindest individuals I've ever met. And he uh, got talked into being a truck driver by somebody about a decade ago and says, hey, we're going from, uh, you know, somewhere Okefenokee, Georgia to Queens, New York, I believe is the way it went. And he said he'll pay him and he got a good rate of pay. And it was like a three day trip and he got a day to see New York. And I said, come on up. You know, say, I got to drive with so-and-so and you got to meet me over here and over there in Queens. And I said, no problem. You know, it's not like I'm going to Red Hook and I got to walk. And But you were going to end up in Red Hook later um, on that night. No, I ended up, we ended up, uh, we ended up um, looking at the Statue of Liberty before the cops broke us up. But anyway, <laughs> the uh, it was about four in the morning, too. So it was time to go. Anyway, he tells me this story. I said, dude, he said, I can't believe it. I just have to breathe. I said, what are you talking about? You have to breathe. Did you see this guy I'm driving with? I said, yeah, and he's from, you know, some country that didn't start with America. And he was driving up and he just kept saying, oh, I'm sharing my pleasure. That was his phrase. For a thousand miles up the East Coast, the dude was farting it up. Ugh. Farting at every turn in a closed truck. And he kept saying, sharing my pleasure. And so I want to add to the list of words of farts. The phrase, sharing my pleasure. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, man. I heard that story, and it didn't stop. Because, you know, a good good fart story is supposed to keep on going. Right. And you're spending 17 to 20 hours in a, in a truck with a dude with nonstop oh. gas. America, what would you do? Would you get out at the nearest rest stop and say, screw this? Would you call Johnny Cabasa and say, hey, man, I need to rant and rave can i get me an hour on the sausage hut and do this or would you just laugh like it's the funniest story you ever heard and your friend is telling you and he's like not happy but you just have to laugh all the time. every time he says share my pleasure i had to go and uh you know i picked him up like i said the police asked us to leave where we were about four in the morning and he spent an overnight here in in the friendly confines and and I sent them on an airplane. Share my pleasure. That's it. That's it. Is it true that teachers don't um, fart? Is that just a rumor? Or is it just, just your parents who don't fart? How is that supposed to work when you're a kid? What was the rumor in your part of the world? Oh, I, I think everybody farted. My mom didn't fart. <laughs> mom never farted once. <laughs> Do you ever have anybody say, pull my finger? <laughs> oh yeah yeah that was a good one <laughs> i was 24 years old the first time i had never seen that in my life mr kielbasa never seen it <clears throat> this old man says pull my finger kid and i just i would he was laughing so hard and because i'm you know i'm the way i am and i've been this way for a while i was laughing just as hard as he was it was hilarious i said what happens if you if i pull it again brother he goes i shit myself and that was on it's a kielbasa it's i'm not the only one i knew it right then and there that i'm not the only one and i hope that the people listening tonight might <laughs> agree and if they do you know hashtag michi 108 hashtag johnny kielbasa let us know what you think about this whole thing. That's what I'm, that's what I want to know. Indeed. Indeed. 
You know, when you first heard the song by Brother Sammy Hagar, I Can't Drive 55, did you feel it? Yeah. Yeah. On yeah. that crappy um, stock stereo that in the uh, the 81 Buick Regal that was so busted out that I could barely <laughs> freaking hear it. But I like maybe if I like turned the treble all the way up and the bass yeah. all the way or bass halfway up, it would like almost sound like it if I could turn it up. The only way it really sounded clear is at really low volume, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you really want to crank it up, but you can't. There is, uh, there are, there are first car blues, brother, and um, I think as every generation kind of goes forward, the gear is better. You know that 1981 Buick. You know what they used to say uh, back in the day? For those of you not old enough, and you happen to be listening, do not buy a car on Friday. You might find a beer can in the door. Hand you know the door and uh union workers uh in the 70s and 80s, 60s 70s and 80s man those cars were way crappy in the 60s and the 70s before i was driving um well before i was driving you know you would have to check the oil once a once a week because you could be down a quart this week down a quart of oil every week in a car because of the american Holy labor because, well, you know, okay, I'll give you that. But it's, you know, the practices that were allowed, the practices that were accepted. Um, you would call them monopolies in working conditions. I would uh, offer that we do the same thing with its variations here in 2019. And just think of them poor, poor pigs in China. They're dying because of the pollution and the, and the neglect. And here we are spending more for bacon. There's another circle we tied here on the Sausage Hut, sir. Fabulous. Fabulous. You know, when I was a young boy, yeah. my grandpa, <laughs> grandpa. He, was out, he was out hoeing his garden. How? Uh, did he have a, ma a man-sized garden hoe? Yes, he did. It was one of the ones with, 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 grandma. It looked like a little trowel, not the one with the forks, the, 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 you know, exactly. the one that's solid. That hoe. Nice. Just got there nice. a hoeing, you know, and he took his hat off and he wiped the sweat off his brow and he said, Boy, two things you never pay attention to. One is the price of gasoline and the other one is the price of bacon. Now walk free. Yeah! And that's what he said. Speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Things you can't do, America. You can't complain about the price of gasoline and say it again, sir. The price of bacon, baby. Price of bacon, baby. I get hungry. The day I start summer. sweating the price of bacon, man, is the day I just throw in a towel, man. You see? I, I can you see? You you talk about calming and we we started this this conversation here with both sides of the vent and things of that nature but grandpa set us straight all these years later thank you grandpa till boston for the wisdom perfect perfect i feel much better right now that just, that just, that just changed my mood altogether because <laughs> i can hear my dear grandpa saying something very similar boy boy <laughs> he called me shun he said it with the list he said shun Two things. Let me try it. What Grandpa Pete would say, Sean, two things you can't worry about. 
Price of gasoline and the price of bacon. <laughs> now, he wouldn't say that. He wouldn't say that. He wouldn't say that. <laughs> yes, he would. My grandfather enjoyed himself uh, bacon, lettuce, and tomato with the Wonder Bread. Of all things, was a staple in that house growing up. Wonder bread. It's good bread. Boy, I believe they have one of those things in the Museum of Natural History from 1960, and you can still eat it if you're if you've paid a big price. I don't know. Uh, three like days ago, I went and I bought a pack <laughs> of hot dogs, and I bought Wonder Bread buns, bro. No lie. See. So where you are, Wonder Bread is rebranded, resold, and now being sold again in the market. Because you know they took that away less than five years ago. They went out of business. And Man. someone bought them and reintroduced the brand. You know, Wonder – think of the phrasing. You talk about words and different words to use. Wonder Bread. You know, is there is it really probably any good for you? That's Absolutely my rapper not. name, Wonder Bread. Is it? Yeah. That was us. Did they ever call and you we, Salami? Were you Salami at one point? No, that was uh, from a TV show. Well, I know that, but I, I thought one of my, I thought somebody I knew was nicknamed was Salami at one point. I don't know. No, I have a, I have a boatload of nicknames. Mishy, of course, is is <laughs> is the latest and the greatest. But oh wait, that's right. My name is Mishy. We're um, like Gandalf, man. We both have many names. I, it's, I've always taken nicknames as a sign of acceptance and friendship. And if you can't give your friends nicknames, there's something wrong with you. If your friends can't accept them, then you better lighten up. Enjoy yourselves. Whew, I give them out all the time, personally. Love it. Love it. So when Michi, I'm in a bad mood, yeah. I use some nasty ones. <sighs> Mishy, oh. I, I, so I just like, I stayed low I held my position and just pulled down a board and just freaking, I, I just kicked it right out to you. What are we doing? What are we doing? If you, if you grab a board, you grab the board, you're going to hear two claps and that's me. And wherever I am, you are going to throw me wherever that sound is. That ball is going where the sound is. You'll pick me up fast enough to make the adjustment. <laughs> And my eyes are up because if I have a, if I'm on your strong side, that's where the outlet pass is going. So you, you kick, say you got it on the right box, you kick, you turn, you throw it. And my two claps, I'll probably be 25 feet from you. And in the opposite lane, someone is running their lane. I am going to balance, reposition, maybe not even dribble, but I'm going to keep my head up and we're looking for an easy layup in less than four seconds. That's what's going to happen. That's a quick, that's quick too. Yeah, and the truth of the matter is, if you play that style of game, the guy who makes the layup stays on and puts pressure. And I'll pick up who's ever, you know, will pick up whoever is, you know, coming back to for the inbound. Very often you'll find a team is ill-prepared for uh, to give up a quick layup and have a pressure defense on them. But that's the way you play the game. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. And, you know, you, you're a sportsman. You've played your games, but there's you know that's that's what we're going to do so meanwhile after all that hard work you got the rebound you're still like basically a foot away from where you were you don't even have to come up court because you're doing the dirty work sir thank you very much by the way and potentially we could put up not just those two points but four or five 
And we'll just keep putting it, you know, as long as the ball goes in the basket, there's pressure up. Bottom line. That's how that's how I learned how to play. And that's how I enjoy showing people how to play. <laughs> there's times when you back off. Double digit lead is sometimes a good idea. But you want your double digit lead in the first eight minutes of the game. You want just like football, just like your hashtag America's team, hashtag the Cleveland Browns. You're going to come out in the first quarter. Baker mania, Chubb mania, and all the pass catchers in the free world um, are just going to, you know, 14 points, 10 points, seven, you know, at least if your team is not a top two or three team in scoring this year, there's something very wrong with me because I don't see anything else happening. They're going to come out week one. Baker's going to throw three interceptions. They're going to lose, and then they're going to go 15 and one. Now that sounds like a jaded Cleveland Brown fan right there, pal. <laughs> okay, that I got sounds... another scenario for you. I'm sure. I'm battling underneath, and and I've just been kicking it out. I just keep grabbing them because they can't shoot. But this right. one ends with uh, me bringing up the caboose for the the uh, follow up jam. See, they we would call you the trailer back okay. in the day, the tractor and... trailer. Well, big time. And there was, uh, there's, you know, Truck Robinson had that nickname uh, when he played for the Utah Jazz back in the day. Mm. And uh, he's a six foot eight man. He grabbed the rebound and he's the fifth guy down. <laughs> and basically, you start yelling trailer. That's, that's your job. So oh. we pick it up and we will pass the ball once, twice, make some spread out that ocean in the middle of the floor, Moses. <laughs> spread it for you. To where you just got to yell trailer and we'll just pick you up in stride. And I know a Kabasa power dunk probably, <laughs> probably is best served with a 360 and finished with your uh, back to the basket, you know, and before you land, pointing at whoever threw you the pass. <laughs> However, remember this you just did a lot of work, you just scored the bucket. You're a big man. We got to keep you fresh. So what are you doing after you make that bucket? Going down. No, (laughs) brother, you're not smiling. You're not profiling. You're the guy closest to the inbound. Oh, that's right. You're the guy. And if if you rotate it correctly, you can can start messing with people on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. And if you don't, you just did a lot of work and you deserve, you know, to, to work some more. You will not make a stupid foul. You're not going to, you know, go old Dell Beckham like he was when he was on the Giants. <laughs> You're just going to continue to work. And when we're up by 12 points, that's when the fun starts. Because Kifas is going to come down and start jacking threes just because we're kicking their ass. And he wants to have some fun, too. Yours truly, yours truly as a coach, would say only one thing to you. Did you do it in practice? And if you said, yes, coach, we've done this in practice, then I'm going to say, man, I got no problem with nothing. I got Trailer. no problem. Monster dunks. You know, by the time I'm done with you, you'll know the Hakeem Shake. Oh, oh. You, you know who does the Hakeem Shake now? You know, Kobe Bryant was good, but there's a man named Kawhi Leonard. Who's playing uh, for Toronto as we speak? Okay. And they're going to take on uh, the the metropolitan New York uh, market has a guy who's tremendous on the radio, and he calls them the shimmy, the shake, and the dubs. 
the dubs for the dubs. But the shimmy and the shake is uh, Mr. Curry. Anyway, Kawhi Leonard plays for the other team, and they're going to get smoked in the NBA Finals. America, I'm sorry. We're going to win a championship. Canada is not going to win an NBA championship. Now, is that racially controversial? Yes or no, Mr. No, no everything. You're allowed to say whatever you want to about Canadians. <laughs> They're exempt. <laughs> and uh, anyway, Mr. Leonard has the Hakeem shake. It's a big, big step and a step back. And it is a thing of beauty. It is a thing of beauty. And I would work very hard to teach you the uh, Hakeem Shake, the Kobe Bryant Shake, the Kawhi Leonard Shake. I would. You'd be devastating, Mr. Kielbasa. Not only will you be clear in glass, leading the team and rebounding, but the reward for such yeoman work by the big man. And I will bench kids. I will, I've benched college kids. I've benched AAU kids. I've benched travel kids. If they, because you hear me, this I get, I get kind of happy about in practice. The big is working. Reward the big. <laughs> big dog must eat, to use the phrase. And no kidding, man, I, I firmly believe it. The big dog must eat. And if you're working that hard, Mister Kilbasa, man, I want you. I want you to get a double double. I want trucking. you to get eighteen points. Trucking with the trailer. Trucking, baby. Trailer. <laughs> Right back on defense. Oh, another you know steal what? for an easy layup. We, they just got four points. I would. Uh, and then, you know, you keep the pressure on. The chances are, um, you know, they'll get a bucket or they'll get excited. And that's basketball. But on a make, there are certain times in the, in a game. The pro game doesn't always work this way. Um, certainly, the pro game doesn't always work this way because the kids are incredibly talented. But the college game and everything below you know you just keep exerting pressure just keep exerting pressure just it's what we it's what we press how we practice for me it's yeah how we practice exert pressure so if the kid, work hard so where i was was if, if if one of the kids male or female uh doesn't matter which one i've coached them both if if the big is working hard with the hand up looking to see the basketball and we don't, and we practice this, but in the game, sometimes it don't happen. If that big is working hard and open, you get the big, the ball, you get Kielbasa, the ball. And if you can't, I will find someone who can. That's how much I love you. That's how much I appreciate the work you're doing. Because he's got the widest pair of tube socks going all the way up to his knees. And they are as white as the sun. And we've got three different colors of stripes of varying thicknesses on them. And just so happens today, it was a little dark in there, and you got two different kinds of the same socks. Yeah. The blue, the home blue, gold, red, and the away red, white, and blue. You just, it doesn't matter because you're trucking. Mr. Kilbasa is doing work. And you got to reward the big in basketball. It's different. It's a different sport. It's not football. And hey, you know, if he's not working hard, keep it away from him. He knows. No, he knows he's got to work is, for it. Let me tell you what. If your big is not, if your bigs are not working, bigs with an S. If your bigs are not working, you're in big trouble. Because <laughs> the other, the other team, you know, you know, you can go small. That's that's about all you can do. You bench them, you sit them down. They may, they may, you know, maybe having a bad day, but 
at a certain point, your starters are your starters. They get a certain amount of minutes, and they understand what it takes to keep those minutes. Hopefully, you have enough depth on your team to push them, to practice better, to get better at their uh, um, um, craft, if you would. But that's not really the right word. To develop your skills and to be a better team player. There you go. That's the basketball. Team answer. game. It's a team game. It's a team game, yo. Watch the way the dubs play. Um they play they play a modified brand of old school Boston Celtic basketball. It's fantastic. It's the way, you know, it's very funny. If someone said, How do you teach basketball, coach? Coach Michi. And I said a nineteen fifty-eight red hourback is the way is the way to learn how to play basketball. Yep. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. At a certain age, at a certain age, you can do anything you want, but it's a team game. It's a team game. And um, the guys I like, the coaches, I, you know, certainly, you know, going in the old school, we like Mr. Wooden. We like Dean Smith. And, um, but, you know, John Wooden was the most verbose in terms of speaking and writing about how a person should be as a coach. And I admire what he wrote. So didn't he do like the same, didn't he do the same uh, drills at practice every day or something like that? You do a handful of the same things every day, yeah. Oh, it wasn't everything every day? Um, no, you can't get – there's too much to put in. There's 99 oh. things to install, and there's only a, an well, hour. What, were the, they, what were the things they made them do every day? Uh, how to put your socks on right is pretty important there, Mr. Kobasa. <laughs> and, and you can laugh all you want, but how to put your socks on back in the day of those tube socks that you're talking about? Yeah, the nylon, things, itchy those, ones. Oh, they would get floppy and kind of fall yeah. down. America, modern kids don't understand this, but your socks used to be held up with rubber bands. In my dad's day, in my dad's day, they would hold them up with rubber bands. Wouldn't you have this little like elastic marker? It was a pre-elastic world. Yeah. Oh, pre and look what plastic has done to the world. Yeah. So and elastic. really a miracle of science and made my socks better for a while, but. Did they really? Because, you know, I got blisters on my feet because I never could hold my socks up. That's why you got to put your socks on right. You got to learn how to tie your shoelaces correctly. It's one of the first two things we do. I make, I make, I, even the college kids, they were tripping. But uh, they were tripping when I made them take their shoes off and put them on right. I looked around. I had, I had, I had 18 kids for 12, for 13 spots. And the first thing I looked at was their shoes on correctly. And if your shoes weren't on correctly, I may, may just start ignoring you right now. Clown. Like what's correctly? Um, um, they're, they're laced up from the – they're loose when they're off. When you leave the court or you leave the gym, they're off. You don't wear them around. And they're loosened. And when you put them in, when you put your foot into a, a pair of shoes, you tighten from the first lace closest to your toe up putting pressure on each one of them as you go up. Very often you see um, one of the kids, you know, the reason I do this is if they're only their top one is tied and everything else is loose, well, no one's ever taught them correctly, and it's someone else's fault, really, because they don't know the difference. But now they met me, and they're about to know the difference. And you show them how to do it correctly. saves your ankles at an older age. You can twist your ankle. Your shoes aren't tied right, man. Those things are there to keep your foot in balance not shaking around, stirring around inside of a shoe that may or may not fit correctly. Your ankle can go, your Achilles can go, you have toe problems, you have heel problems, you have any number of problems. And quite frankly, 
Mr. Kilbasa. It's a short season, and making your own injuries doesn't get you any playing time. It kind of pisses me off, really. Stretch out, kids. Got to stretch. Not stretch. Stretch out and put your shoes on correctly. Put your shoes on and socks on correctly. And even stretching can be, you know, there's there's a whole school of thought on stretching. What about you, Mr. Kilbasa? To stretch or not to stretch? No, how to stretch. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. Uh, the, the old school ways of stretching were a lot of the waste of time for the most part. The stuff that oh, we yeah. did. The ones, with the, the ones with the shoulder rolls and your hands out. Yeah, or you touch your toes and then <laughs> spread them apart, and then you do one leg, then the other leg, then whatever. You oh, know. the ones we see with the fraud lines in the Nazi propaganda. Uh, yeah, man, like that's all yeah. we did growing up, and now I actually, I, I know how to stretch and the, and work other things, but but I yeah, man, you got to stretch because I got I got a lot of meat that needs. If you're gonna start, if you're gonna be using the meat, you got to you know you got to tenderize America, it. America, there's a picture somewhere in the legacy of Johnny Kilbasa. With this big, big, heavy-duty, big mountain of a man. And someone, I showed it to someone, and they said, is that what Johnny Kilbasa looks like? And I said, you know what? I haven't seen Johnny Kilbasa in like 18 years. I have no idea if he grew into this sort of person. And then here we are, about to go to the Meadowlands to see our boy uh, Edge and Bono and the rest of the crew, my lookalike bass player and Larry Mullen. Um, and we're sitting there and I, and I really wanted to tell you, someone had said to me, is that Johnny Kilbasa? No, man. And then I saw you, you can say all you want about the fat and the rolls and the jelly and the pork and all that stuff. But I know you wear a tutu while you do kettlebell exercises four days a week for 55 minutes a time and you're fit and trim. And you look good in that damn tutu, because spies like us have pictures. That's what I want to tell you, Mister Kibasa. It's hard to it's hard to find a, a tutu for a large man. That's for sure. It, <laughs> all those all those dance classes you never took. Come on, man. And uh, but no, it's uh, I know you're not a, I know you're not a, a big fella like that. And uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing because that way I can play you forty minutes. And you can just dominate and be a you know all pro. And just take and and just, I mean I'm there to rebound and I'm there to kick it out, and then if I get up the floor, let the big guy yeah, eat. You, I want to. The big man's got to eat. Now I got to ask you: you're gonna be you got that junkyard dog sort of thing? Are you gonna be barking? Like say for instance, you kick to to Mishy. Mishy throws it to um, the flying one. Double jam, double jam, and he's the only one in the forecourt, so he's just putting on the token pressure. You're sitting there, foul line extended, barking, laughing, or just getting more angry and fired up to get the next rebound. Um, what do you do? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making a lot of noises when I'm not when I'm off the ball, but I'm gonna grunt and maybe you know do some serious. If I'm going into the paint for something, I'm gonna be yelling. Ah, trail, <coughs> trail. <coughs> yeah, you you keep you keep coughing like that. You're gonna be in the in the locker room with Gatorade on the trailer. You know, but you know your job is to keep. You know, there's a thing about being fit and playing basketball, and it's the aerobic element of it. 
these guys are completely amazing what they can do physically, most of them. And uh, if you're going strong and you're yapping and talking, you're yapping and talking is calling out defensive plays like your uh, who's the greatest uh, linebacker in uh, Cleveland Brown history? Lou Groza. <laughs> he was a tackle, I think. <clears throat> Forgive me. Who is who's the great linebacker in Cleveland Brown lore? Uh... Yeah, that's him. And anyway, you're like him calling out the signals. Let's go right to uh, Brian Urlacher. Mm-hmm. You're, you are Brian Urlacher because, um, you know, you shave your head a little bit. You can be funny looking like that. And the idea is you're calling out what's going on. You're leading um, by seeing everything. And that's that's part of the yapping. And every once in a while, when, when yours truly, Mishy, decides to elevate, you know, and, and put his own little dunk on, on the uh, – scoreboard just because I can then you know maybe you bark at me get me all fired up you know and I know you if I get all happy because I can get happy America have you noticed I can get happy I might just decide to start celebrate good times come on and then you would come have to, on like, really come on celebrate good times come on you know Michi doesn't often go up for the two-handed slam you know but I'll do it on a follow-up or something yeah but, um, you know, but that's just me. And, you know, I may have to profile, celebrate, like I said, celebrate good times. Come on, profile. Hopefully, they'll, if they call a timeout right after you do that, then you can profile instead of just ratcheting down the D. Yeah, because here's where here's where the good talk becomes complete pride, right? The uh, Drawing another circle. The, uh, the pride in me would probably just puff up like a peacock, and I'd forget my assignment, and you know what happens then. I'll be sitting on the bench. And on that note, everybody, <laughs> we're going to ride off into the locker room with your mama. Woo! Be nice now. Be nice now. Mishy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Mr. Kibasa. It's wonderful to speak to you again. Catch Mishy on Twitter and now Instagram. Yeah, evidently. I think uh, I think I need to press some buttons and... Uh... And do things of that nature, and I should I should attend to that short. Show off that talent, man. Show off that well, talent. You know, you know, as they say in the Chinese movies, man, your skills are extraordinary. And terrifying pork. <laughs> what was the other one? Lenin, you're a swine. And that's it. Thank you, America. Thank you, Mr. Kilbasa. Thank you, John Lennon. Thank you, Beatles. Who else are we gonna thank tonight? Well, thank everybody else, and uh, you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram and the Mark Aram Show, and you can catch us both walking from Red Hook to your mama's back Parts door. unknown, baby. Parts unknown, and, you know, we can get on an airplane, and we can be in Oslo drinking <laughs> vodka, having reindeer and cabbage meal laid out in front of us, with women who don't look like they're from the United States of America, and we'll be having a very big time. And I know your private jet is warmed up. If you can possibly, possibly manage the time before, say, um, the fantasy football draft, I'd be indebted to you if you can make your little pit stop over here in lovely Teterboro and pick me up. Let's go. Let's go.